0: Series 2, Episode 9, Defining Wisdom with the Divine, Part 1.
1: What is wisdom? What does that word even mean? How can we implement wisdom in our everyday lives? Psychiatrist and executive coach, Dr. Sunil, invites you to join him on a transformational and sacred quest to experience meaning, purpose, and fun in both your life and work. These podcasts will not only empower you to wisely navigate through a confusing world, but to grow in body, mind, and spirit, which will ultimately have us dancing with wisdom.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast. My name is Sonora Hager, and I'm here to invite you to join us on your quest to make sense of life.
2: Well, and making sense of life, are we getting there? I think so. I think so. With the past podcasts that we've been doing... I think, I think there is certainly starting to get a bit of clarity. And I think the clarity has come from your how you've been so thought-provoking and people can go away. And I mean, I certainly have gone away and really been thinking about this. And clarity does form. But one thing that's come up a lot is how the relationship with wisdom and God and making that journey towards that something so much bigger than ourselves. is yes. something that you come up a lot. So um, I want to bring that up to So defining wisdom within the divine. Yes. So could you explain a bit more? Because I really feel like we need to cover this.
0: Yeah, because when we think about wisdom,
2: often we think about
0: solving problems, which is all good and true. And it's important that we we have wisdom to solve complexities of life at home, at work, in our relationships. Really important. But the thing about it is that there's a very important part of of the equation that it's very easy To forget and miss out. And that is the question of God. You know, it's a bit like if you think about about birth, physical birth. Um, I want to give you a quote here from a writer called Eugene Peterson. And he says In the presence of birth, we are at at the source of life. Here is a mystery, but a mystery of light, not darkness, full of goodness, brimming with blessing. Every birth powerfully recalls us to this source. We have our origins in, some, in someone other than ourselves and greater than ourselves. And so there's something of this awe and, wisdom, awe and wonder when we approach physical birth, but there's awe and wonder when we approach a subject of wisdom because we're, as it were, stretching the boundaries of what we know and think about how the world works and how the universe works.
2: Okay, now that was a you... big, big, big thing there. So I think yeah. you need to break it down a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to break that down. So what does that mean to you?
0: That means to me that God is intimately involved and connected with the problems and complexities of my life and everybody's life. And he's using these challenges, these problems, these, this, the chaos to open our hearts and minds to his presence and to his power
2: so to explore if we're open to
0: that if we're open to that yeah no i,
2: mean, I, I think it's really interesting and with, with so let's just say so are you saying should i say that if we go a bit more silent and we put more focus on god we will perhaps be able to encounter more clarity within wisdom
0: that's certainly part of it i think you've got to take take a few steps back because Then the issue is about what's our image of God? How do we see God? How do we perceive God to be? And there are a hundred, you know, God, G-O-D, three letters, has so many different ways people look at him. Some people look at him as like some kind of benign grandfather in the sky who's half awake, half asleep, and who just wants to give good things and then sort of disappears and is not very involved. Some people, particularly in Western secular thinking, regard him with a, a lot of animosity and anger and bitterness, you know, and and we sometimes project, you know, our human parents, you know, if we've had bad parenting or a bad earthly father, we somehow think that's that's consciously or subconsciously, we imagine God is like that. So we've got to think very carefully who we understand this God. And when I'm talking about God, I'm talking about the one who is the highest ideal of Who we aspire to be, and the best that we see and that we long for in this world. There was this theologian called Charles Hodge in the 19th century, and he gave a definition of God, which I think has not been surpassed. I've got it here, I just want to get it exactly right. He says, God is a spirit, infinite, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power. Goodness, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. so if you think about your greatest longings, your greatest desires as something that you would really just you know, really long for really yearn for, then God is even better than that you no know, this, this, this is really you no know, finding the words and to express this is not easy and one sort of song that I often go to that I think really summarizes this. Well, I'm I'm just going to read it to you because I think it it just beautifully captures this. He says, As water to the thirsty, as beauty to the eyes, as strength that follows weakness, as truth instead of lies, as songtime and springtime and summertime to be, so is my Lord, my living Lord, so is my Lord to me. He's talking about everyday things. He's talking about things that we can all relate to. And he's saying they're pointing to something even better and greater. So, you know, as water the thirst, we have all know what it's like to be thirsty. It's a really hot day and you haven't drunk for several hours. You're sweating and you're parched. And then you get that drink of water that you've been longing for for hours and hours. And you know that refreshment that you feel. You think, oh. At last, I've got that water. Beauty to the eyes, the most beautiful person you've ever seen. Okay.
2: You see, so I, I understand everything you're saying, and, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. Yes. And anyone listening to this who is a follower of God mm. in whatever way that is to them, yes. okay, would understand that and go, yeah, absolutely, you know, I, I completely get that. But yes. you also have a lot of people listening to this who may be atheists. So then you're going to have to do that Whole where they might just sort of shut off here and go, well, actually, you know what? I, I don't believe in God and uh, yeah. that's that. So, but I think that there is a way of experience, even if you say to yourself, I don't believe, yes you can still experience that clarity and that journey towards God, you see, yes. by looking at it from a slightly different angle. Yeah. So what would you say to people who may be atheists, and are saying, right, I'm having a hard time dealing with this. How can they still achieve the same thing? And, and I know, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll find they'll, they may find their way to God eventually. But let's just say they actively choose not to, but they're still looking for the wisdom and the clarity. Well, How I, can they start?
0: I think I'd, I'd say to you is that all of us have longings. And I think, you know, the examples I've given, you know, thirsting for water, things that we find, you know, people and things we find beautiful. Are those just a random collection of neurotransmitter experiences in your brain or are they pointing to something greater and deeper? I think you've got to ask, you know, what what is your reference point that is outside of yourself? If you're just looking to your own experience and your own understanding, no matter how intelligent you are, no matter how how much you've achieved or can do with your life, you're still limited. Hmm. And you can extend that over to humanity and to other people who do amazing and wonderful things. But I think even beyond then, you know, you, I always think is that, you know, you take somebody like Albert Einstein and you ask, ask him how much, if you could ask him, how much do you know about the universe and relativity and science? And he would say to you, I know less than 1%. Yeah, yeah. And anybody who's, an expert in their field, you ask them how much do they know about their subject, and they would say to you only a tiny amount. There's so much more to learn and grow in. And for me, that's pointed to something
2: greater and deeper and richer and more wonderful. Well, you said in previous podcasts that people are deep down longing for something more. Yes. Searching. They Deep down, they know it. They're, yes. they're there's something else. There's, there's something, something think, yes. more deep down. So let me, let me throw this question to you. How do you know, how would one know that they are encountering God? How do they they know that they're encountering God's wisdom? How do they know? Well, I think
0: for me, that very much has to be the more I know God through his word, through the biblical scripture, the more I understand how he's acted in people's lives in the biblical scripture over. Yeah. And, And what's fascinating when you read the biblical scripture as well is that you see people, you see God at work right across people's lives there's that and then you take principles from that and you think about how does that apply in my life
2: but then what you're doing is you're taking it from a from an educational point of view as well there you see, you're sitting you're sitting down you're reading reading the bible yes and you're um is that your favorite book by the way when you refer yes, to your favorite, I love is. that. I I went to ask you before when you say, yeah, let's like, have my favorite. When I mentioned my favorite book, I, I thought it was yeah, that's okay. My favorite and book. Yeah. but let's just say, for example, some people, you know, and sometimes that text is small, and some people get really turned off by small text. Yeah, yeah, um, but then, right. but yeah. some people get you get go, the ghost church, and they will only hear sections of exactly. the Bible, yeah. so they won't be able to go deep into it. So. Um I've only read sections of the Bible, sure. you see I've read so i i might I'll flick it open and go right i you know that's what I feel like I need right now yeah to do. and then you hear other people talk about it, uh which is great, and one thing I promised myself this year, yeah. is that I am going to read the bible excellent yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna get I'm gonna read it all because I know some really awesome content in there yes. and I, I can't wait i'm mean, I'm genuinely excited, yes. but that is a turn off for people. So, yes. so I need to go deeper, okay? So from an audience's point of view, yeah, and from I my mean, point of view, how, how do you know you're feeling God's wisdom?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, this, wisdom? So, so, yeah, I mean just, let me just preface from what you just said there as well. Mm. So the Bible is the world's least read bestseller. And what's fascinating is when you read about, you know, top-selling books, you know, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter or whatever, you know, that done really, really well, what you don't hear is that what tops all of those books year after year is the bible mm. and what is fascinating i think about the bible is it is fascinating in so many ways but what's fascinating about it as a book is that what other book has every single verse numbered every, you know it's got so much depth that, that you have lines you know verse you know chapter 6 verse 3 every single line is 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 accounted for and even today you know it was you know it it was compiled obviously over 16, 1700 years ago. And yet, even today, it is banned in countries around the world. Even people get uptight about you quoting in certain contexts and, and using the words from there. So, that I find fascinating. You know, you know, if you were to quote, I don't know, something from Shakespeare or from uh, Homer's I- Iliad, which is, you know, two or 3,000 years prior to that. You know, people wouldn't say, oh, well, that's what somebody said many years ago. But the ability of the Bible to inspire, offend, Mm. cause controversy, change people's lives is as powerful today as it was 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. That I find absolutely fascinating. Well, do, you, do you know,
2: I um, at Monkey Nut Audiobooks, we recorded uh, John Lennox's Oh, right, book, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was having a lovely chat with him, we did it as a location record, so it was at his house. Yeah, yeah. And he often goes up and, and talks with uh, Richard Dawkins. Yes, and,
1: <laughs> he's had and you know, <laughs> John
2: just flashes to floor every time. It's great. He's brilliant, and what a what a lovely man, lovely lovely kind man, and his wife also very bright as well. Yes, and um, and he was actually talking about we're talking about the Bible, and he was saying what people fail to realize is how much original script has actually been located and found the original. Yeah. The original text, yes, you know, the, right. the the parchment of paper, parchment papers, yeah, and of, he's, people scroll. think there's a little bit. Yeah, he says there is a lot. It's no, huge. Amounts, you know, this isn't the yeah. case of someone's just, you know, written. Uh, but this is original. Stuff, stuff there's written right yeah. back there, and it's amazing. So there is definitely something in it. So I, I, so for me, it's like I have to read this book. Yes. You know. I, I, why, and, why wouldn't I? There's definitely something in here, and it's
0: important to get a translation that you because the thing it's a big book and it's it's thick and then and if you start from Genesis chapter one and you try to work your way through it, you're easily going to get overwhelmed. You know, it, it it's huge because it's got it's got poetry, it's got narrative, it's historical, it's got so many dimensions. You know, Psalms that are songs. It's it's got so many different dimensions to it. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And, so
2: I want to go back. And yes. say to sort of the question of how do we, mm. so we're going to, I'm just, I'm just going to take the text and I'm going to park it a minute. Yeah. i going to park scripture. We're not going to talk about it for a moment. Yes. How can we feel? How do we know that we are encountering God's wisdom? Wow. I can give you an example that I, for example, sometimes when I'm making a, a good choice or a good decision, I've had it ever since I was little, I get goosebumps all up and down my arms. Yeah. And I acknowledge that, and then they intensify. And that's just one way that I experience it. That's one it. way. I mean, and
0: certainly we can get physical experiences. The only problem with that, I would say, is that you mustn't rely on that mm. because it's very easy to get swayed by our feelings. So we, something that we really want, we, we can find a reason to justify it. But there is something about, and, and, and I think the way the Bible would talk about it, would be how the Holy Spirit that lives within a disciple, as it were, confirms through the word and to your experience and through your feelings that this is right. But it's not always clear-cut because at the end of the day, I think wisdom is personified in Christ and it's a living relationship with him. So if you think about, you know, you're married, I'm married, okay? If we think about our relationship with our, with our wives, we made a promise so many years ago to love them for the rest of our lives but that relationship has in, in, in many senses it's changed it's deepened it's got stronger as it were and the basis of our love for our wives the basis for our relationship with our wives is based on much more than feelings you know some you know i think on a previous podcast you know you talked about you know the intense emotion experience of, about when you got married and, and you know, about wanting to do, do everything together and share life together and share everything, body, mind, spirit, everything. And this is no big secret. You know, there are times we get irritated with our wives. There are times we get frustrated. There are times when we have arguments or we, we see things differently. And so in that case, love is not a feeling. Love is an active will. It's a choice. It's a decision. And so... There's something very, very much parallel with that, with our issue with God, so we can have goosebumps and feelings, which are which are great, but they're not enough to sustain for the long term.
2: Okay, so should we be searching for encountering God on a much deeper level? Exactly, yeah. and then I suppose we need to then be brave enough to follow the wisdom yes. of the choices that we are receiving. Exactly.
0: And, this, this, and that's a really good point, because the, the point here is, that, remember, this is about a relationship. Now, again, if we go back to relationship with, with our respective wives, we love our wives, but
2: sometimes- You know, if we continue in this podcast, like, like the way we've been doing, you're going to get me into trouble eventually. <laughs> I, I'm going to slip up. <laughs>
0: no, no. no the, the, but the point I want to make is, although we love our wives, we do disagree. We do have profound disagreements about things. But that's the nature of relationship. And so in a relationship, you see, it, you know, remember I said that people have different ideas of God. And one of the ones I've struggled with myself in terms of my perception of God is that I like to think of God as the best bits of me on my best day. So basically, he's just an extension of me. But God is different. He's other. And when you get into a relationship with somebody, and marriage, as I said, you know, is, is the classic someone, you suddenly realize that actually who you thought the person was. Is different to what you actually had in your head, especially when you got married. And then, you know, maybe you know after the honeymoon, or even in the honeymoon, or a few, you know, a few days, weeks, months, years later, they start saying things that you think actually, I don't see it that way at all. I don't actually necessarily agree with what you're saying there. And sometimes, some of the things actually annoys me. Mm. And that's the nature of relationship. And what I think in terms of growing with wisdom is we become more and more connected with the reality of who God is rather than what we would like him to be. So I'll give you another example. Say, for example, you know, <laughs> Elliot, I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being quite facetious here. So your wife is called Elizabeth, right? So I say, Elliot, I think Elizabeth is six foot four, loves to play American football and her favorite kind of music is Tchaikovsky, okay? How do, you, how do you know that? And, and <laughs> how how t- do you know? That's amazing. You've never met <laughs> her. And she, was born, and she was born in Bolivia, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is getting <laughs> freaky, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And I assume, Elliot, you would say, Elizabeth is nothing like that, okay? But I say to you, no, Elliot, I really, it gives me goosebumps and it makes me feel really good to think that Elizabeth is six foot four, was born in Bolivia, Love Tchaikovsky and enjoys American football in her spare time. But you say that, no, Sunil, she's nothing like that. But no, Elliot, it makes me feel really good. Now, what am I doing? I'm actually insulting you and I'm insulting your wife, okay? Because I'm creating a fantasy in my head that has nothing to do with reality.
2: And this is, this is the challenge, really. That leads to another question as well, because that's, that wouldn't offend me at all. Because <laughs> I would be wise enough, yes. I would be wise enough to go, I don't actually, you know, say what you want. I mean, <laughs> I, just, I know it's not true, but I mean, and that's that's a problem. You know, a lot of people react. Yes. A lot of people react, but but the thing is, you're you're throwing open a massive question here. Okay. Yes. Is that how do you know that the feelings and goosebumps? It may very much well, be so because sometimes they do tie up. I and mean, my whole point is sometimes they do tie up, and sometimes they don't. So how do you know which is right? You've got someone saying, yes. I'm, I'm, my, I, I focus on my God, and and he says." That I have to go and be violent and I'm going to have yes, to fight. That's for right. that's an right. And event. kill and people. Happens. Yeah, and kill but people. But then someone yeah. might say it's the same, I worship the same God, yeah. and I'm in peace and love. So there is a responsibility. We go back to responsibility. Yes. Actions. And I truly believe that bad call, if you're making a bad call, there is part of you deep down that you know that is a bad yeah. call.
0: Eventually, as it were, the fruit mm-hmm. will be revealed. Eventually, what you're going it doesn't mean to it say you won't make mistakes or get things wrong. And, mm-hmm. and we've talked in, in, in previous podcasts about you know assumptions that we make. Okay, you know we have to uh, challenge our assumptions, and we have to challenge our assumptions about God, about how we would like him to be. But if we're in relationship with God, those assumptions will come. And I think you know, for me, it goes back to understanding the biblical scripture, and there are three main books in the Bible that talk about wisdom directly, and they would be, they're called the wisdom literature. They're called Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And in many ways, they address some of these things that we're talking about. So, so Proverbs, in a sense, presents wisdom as a bright young teacher. Uh, you know, in in family, it's, 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 you know she's called you know Madam Wisdom. In in, a, in a, you know some translations use use that phrase, and she's contrasted with another woman called Mistress Folly. Madam Wisdom is somebody who is bright, sharp, is able to tell you know here are the boundary lines in life, live life this way, avoid this, avoid that, and you know c- keep out of trouble, basically.
2: Okay, well, I think that a good place to start is to perhaps, if you are so inclined to pick up the Bible, I tell you, where would you tell people to start? You, you know, we're talking wisdom. Where, where's a good place to start here?
0: Wow, if you are to speak specifically about wisdom, I mean, I think uh, because we could go so many different directions here, I would, I would actually encourage people just to start with Mark's Gospel and to look at the life of Jesus, because Jesus, as it were, really, you know, he summarizes wisdom in, in, in a way that okay. that no one else does.
2: And I think that the other way to start, because I think what I'm getting is that people need to try and understand that they're encountering the wisdom. And I think it goes back to something you said in an earlier podcast about solitude and, and prayer and, yeah. and, and, and or meditation, whatever you choose, and take that time on a daily basis to go a bit deeper.
0: Absolutely. And I, I just want to go back to this issue about those three books. and the So Proverbs, I just said, what happens is that Proverbs got, you know, it's got very little, like little, like, little tweets. You can think of tweets. They're very, you know, um, I quoted one, you know, answer a fool according to his folly or he'll be wise in his own eyes is one of them. And yet the very next one is don't answer a fool according to his folly or you become like him and you need wisdom to distinguish. They're saying all hard work leads, leads to profit is, is another one. The problem is with just reading Proverbs is that you start thinking of examples where that's not the case? So, for example, all hard work leads to profit. Well, not always. Mm-hmm. There are those kind of examples, and that's why you read the scriptures in connection with each other. Because Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, also wrote Ecclesiastes, and he had, you know, he was the richest man who ever lived. I think it was like he had at his disposal fifty million, the equivalent of fifty million dollars every day. And, you know, lived in opulence and luxury. He you know, drank from silver cups and things like this. And he really had the opportunity to try and make sense of life. Going back to your earlier question, without, and he says it, he talks about making sense under the sun, without relationship to a creator. And he's, you know, he, he looks at it in enjoyment, in enrichment, in education, in so many different ways. And he gets really frustrated because he looks at the world, he looks at life and he says, life's unfair, it's unjust. And he can't make sense of it until he begins to get an eternal perspective.
2: Okay. Well, that's certainly something we should maybe talk about in a a future podcast. Yes. Okay. You've got 45 seconds. Uh, (laughs) Do a summary. Okay. So we've
0: said that ultimately wisdom only makes sense if you've got an infinite reference point. Because wisdom is about getting outside our own level of understanding. And then we're actually entering sacred territory because we're entering an area about why are we on this earth? What are we here for? This is so much bigger than just getting quick solutions to your problems.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we will discover this further. So if you're watching on YouTube, then please do leave a nice comment. Please do subscribe, click the button. You know, we would love to um, read your comments and, and perhaps even talk about them. Um, and we'll do our best to respond to each one. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast, then do um, leave a nice review, give us five stars, and do share it with your friends uh, and anyone who will benefit from this. And Sunil, how can people get hold of you? Yeah, if we
0: go to drsunil.com. This is the website. Yeah.
2: That's great. My name is Elliot Frisbee, and you can get a hold of me, Elliot, O two 2Ls2Ts at monkeynutuk.com. And of course, the Monkey Not Audio book, uh, Instagram and Facebook post. Sunil, thank you so much. I'll see you at the next one. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, presented by Sunil Rahija and Elliot Frisby. For details on the Dancing with Wisdom book and its accompanying workbook, please visit drsunil.com. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, then please share it give it a thumbs up on YouTube, and help it to grow by giving it a nice review. Life's challenges can diminish, define, or develop you. Which one will it be? Make sure you hunger for the wise one. The choice is yours.